Welcome to Beyond Trauma, a podcast from therapists for clients about the healing journey. We hope this will be a resource of encouragement, comfort, insight, and understanding for you along this courageous process. Welcome back to Beyond Trauma podcast. We are in studio today to talk more about trauma and specifically um, a beautiful tool that we use in therapy that you guys may have heard of called the ACEs score. Um, We're going to dive in deep on that, but before we do, I want to just take a minute to tell you guys about retreats. So I know you've heard about these before as we've shared about them, but if you have been listening to the podcast and interested in some of the things you're hearing, um, maybe starting to think about what it would be like to seek out your own therapy, maybe you're already in therapy, but would like to seek out a more intensive approach to some of the work that you want to do, we offer therapeutic retreats here in Springfield, Missouri. You can come to our retreat centers and work with someone from the Beyond Healing team. Um, In these retreats, we stay together for three to five days. You can come uh, stay at one of our locations. We offer a variety of different holistic healing approaches. So part of that would be therapy, EMDR therapy, could be equine therapy, Mm -hmm. massage, yoga, Uh, craniosacral and really good food very good food (laughs) beautiful environments so our hope in these is just to really immerse you in a healing environment with really therapeutic healing people to have a space that feels safe enough and comforting enough to dive in to do some of the biggest work that you may want to do so if you're interested in learning more about this you can look at our website at www.beyondhealingcenter.com There's a tab there that says retreats. You can also send us an email through the website to get more information or to set up an initial consultation call. All right, guys, ready to start in? Absolutely. So, Jen, you said the acronym ACEs before, uh, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences Scale. And it is a nine-point scale, uh, zero to nine, and each, uh, we'll get more into this, but it's essentially it's a representation of a number of adverse childhood experiences that you've gone through uh, or could have gone through. And by that, they, uh, by that score that you would get, a cumulative score, they then uh, know some of the health outcomes that mm-hmm. are likely uh, to be faced uh, in your life. And we're going to talk a little bit today about what that means and a little bit of background on the scale and why it's really important. Yeah, so hearing Bridger's little description of that, just to emphasize there, we're, we have found that there is a connection between adverse childhood experiences and health outcomes. Yes. And we're going to talk more in depth on that, but that is a really important piece to recognize Yeah, that our experiences, especially in childhood, have a direct connection and effect on our health. Right. And I think the other part that Jen said is um, measurement of trauma. And so just to reiterate our definition of trauma, it is when uh, something uh, happens in your life that is too much too soon, too much for too long, or too little for too long. And so that's where uh, some of the things like um, neglect or just childhood um, abuse, um, we're really broadening that to look at the ways in which um, life can put us through things that we're not ready for. Mm-hmm. We actually have a, a it's either episode two or three. Yeah, it's early on. Very early. We do an entire episode on what is trauma. So if you haven't listened to that, maybe check that what, mm-hmm. uh, that episode out either before or after 
uh, this episode, and it'll give you a lot more detailed description on what is trauma and how do we define trauma in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I ran across the ACEs study several years ago, mm. um, and I actually found it by watching a TED Talk. Gotta love, love TED Talks. Gotta love TED so Talks. So I'm going to share the TED Talk with you just because, um, you know, rather than me explaining every detail of what the TED Talk shares, go watch it yourself because it's a really good one and it's pretty short. Um, but Nadine Burke-Harris, Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris um, is the one that talks on that uh, video and shares about the details of how uh, the ACEs study came to be and uh, why it happened. And one of the interesting things is that it was actually put together by medical doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Brick Harris is a pediatrician, and she was working, um, I believe it was in Chicago, and started seeing a, uh, a number of similarities between some of her patients and got pretty curious about some of the anomalies that she was seeing and put together a study to determine the intersection between medical diagnoses and early adverse experiences in childhood because that was a population that she was working with and she was noticing that these kids that seemed to have high trauma or a lot of um, you know stress at home were presenting with a very specific set of medical issues and mm-hmm. it was incredibly consistent um, and so being a researcher and a doctor, she decided to you know, launch this massive study to actually determine if the correlation that she was seeing um, was legitimate and then if there was any causation uh, underlying that. And so that's how the ACEs study came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is just the most um, sobering mm-hmm. study that has come out in quite a long time. I think that's one of the reasons why it has had the impact that it has because when you look at this information, it is irrefutable that emotional and psychological trauma in childhood does not just cause mental health struggles later yeah. in life. Yeah. It is actually quite deadly, mm-hmm. legitimately deadly. Um, and when they put together all of this research and they looked at things that counted as an adverse experience, mm-hmm. one of the things that I liked about it was because they were medical doctors, they weren't concerned about specific diagnostic criteria mm-hmm. from a psychological perspective. So they didn't use criteria from the DSM. They were using what they saw in their clinics. They were using the real life stories and examples. So it's yeah. things like, have your parents ever been incarcerated? Yeah. You know, is there a parent not living in the home with you? Do you feel scared at home? Have you that witnessed kind of violence? Have you witnessed yeah. violence? So very practical yeah, they let real the, life examples. They let the population That's right. uh, kind of determine what were those categories. Right. right. Um, and a little more background on the study. This is um, not something that's necessarily new. The This right. first study was in 1995. Mm-hmm. And so this is now um, coming, over, coming over 20 <laughs> years. And that... That decade is very important, Mm -hmm. the decade of the 90s for um, not just the field of mental health, but the field of medicine. Uh, We were learning so much about the brain and the way the body and the mind work together. And so when when this study came out, the field as a whole was looking at how does our experience really shape our uh, life as it continues? Mm -hmm. And how do we then go about um, maneuvering through the various challenges that we're Mm -hmm. faced with? And in that, the ACEs study really started to elucidate, pull out um, some of these major themes. And we're going to kind of go through each of the categories. And then I'd like for the three of us to kind of just talk about in uh, the negative outcomes that are associated with Mm -hmm. higher ACE scores, Mm -hmm. what 
meaning that has for people that are listening to this and then even for some of our clients and maybe ourselves because i i would love for us to get into i don't know if you all if you both know your ace score uh depressingly yes i do too (laughs) and i should not be where i am today (laughs) with the ace score i have which by the way is something that you know i do want to comment on before we move into the rest of the conversation two things Um, what the study showed is that there is a graded dose response relationship Mm -hmm. between uh, adverse childhood experiences and negative health outcomes and well-being outcomes Um, and what that means is as your number goes up so one by one yeah Mm -hmm. so too does the negative health consequences that we see later in life Um, the other thing that i want to say is they did not look at was there a specific intervention and treatment to help with the trauma Okay, so um, these participants were not receiving therapy. They were not necessarily receiving any supportive services to deal uh, with the impact of this trauma. So not all hope is lost. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think in that, um, one of the main areas of critique that um, the ACEs has been faced with is like foster care. So Mm -hmm. what if in the first placement, that's where they received all of these experiences and then they were adopted into a really loving family? Can we then yeah. stay that they're say that they're going to have the same health outcomes? Mm-hmm. No, we cannot. Right, right. So it, this isn't a uh, written in stone right. type of um, reality. Mm-hmm. Just right. because you have this score does not mean necessarily that you're going. You're definitely going to have this negative outcome. Right, and even as an adult, if you're looking back at your score, which can be alarming, yeah, when yes. when you start to look at what the research shows with that, it doesn't mean it's too late now as an adult to try to do anything Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that i didn't get help or support back then and now i'm 45 and just in trouble um it's never too late to start addressing those and really look at what is it what does it look like to get treatment and support and therapy for those Mm -hmm. to take care of myself and my Mm -hmm. body now well and i think one of the things that you know i've kind of talked openly about on all of our podcasts is um, a decade ago, my ACE score and my health were a very direct reflection of each other. Mm. And now, a decade later, I don't qualify for any of the medical diagnoses that I had previous to working on all my trauma. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, you know, so previous being on a whole bunch of medication and in pain every day and all kinds of difficulties, um, the the healing process of doing my own therapeutic work on my trauma has meant that my body has healed as well. And so I feel like, mm. uh, to me, that is an indication that it does make a medical difference. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the hope for the future is that as we continue to understand more and more about the impact of trauma medically and biologically, that we get better at interventions that really directly help the body heal, mm-hmm. not just the emotional self heal, um, but the communication between the two is constant. And yeah. so when we work on one, we work on the other, and that's very hopeful for us. Yeah. So categories, yeah. what's in the ACE? So eight domains covered, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to kind of go through them one by one. This, um, just by saying these words and um, calling into memory maybe some personal experience, I just want to give the listener a second um, to either just press the brakes a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe pause. Right. Um, and just kind of ground and give yourself space to do that throughout because we recognize that we're talking about something that is very real for uh, potentially all of our listeners and uh, definitely the three of us um, as well. So the eight domains, and then we'll kind of dive into them. 
the first domain is emotional abuse experienced in childhood. Next is physical abuse. The third is sexual abuse. Fourth is incarcerated household members. The fifth is mother treated violently. The sixth is parental separation or divorce. The seventh is substance abuse in the household. And the eighth is mental illness in the household. So again, these uh, first initial studies were just letting the, the population and what they noticed in terms of correlation uh, emerge into the scale that they were developing. Have you experienced this, yes or no? Check uh, for, each, for each one. So as we continue uh, throughout the episode, we're gonna kind of talk a little bit more specifically about each one. Well, so one of the things that I'm curious about for you guys is do you want to go into any specifics about those categories and kind of share? Yes, more I would like to talk about them. what they are yeah. um, and what relevance they might have in each person's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you hear us like pausing and feeling curious, um, part of what that is is because we're sensitive to not wanting to like mm -hmm. say too much and be activating in a way that isn't helpful. So trying to find the language of how do we share the details of this without ruining somebody's day? <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> so how do you guys want to go about that? Well, I think, again, just giving yourself time to pause throughout this, because this is going to be, um, I mean, activating if this is something, if this is a part of your story, or if you know somebody who this is a part of their story. Mm -hmm. But um, on this podcast, you know, we're talking about things that are really relevant to uh, therapy and to your healing journey. And that, um, for a lot of us, means maybe recognizing what has happened mm -hmm. in our life. Mm -hmm. and giving ourselves the space to um, maybe for the first time um, accept is not the word, but um, recognize or, yeah. or, or just acknowledge. Feel in a real way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe for the first time the name of it mm -hmm. or the, the significance, the, significance, the impact. Yeah. Yeah. And that uh, for so many clients is some of the first parts of therapy of what does it feel mm. like to call what happened to you this. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. And so this podcast in and of itself is an example of how, you know, in therapy we would be working with um, our clients in trying to say, just this is all that you're telling me and this is some of the things that I'm noticing about how it kind of overlaps with your current mm -hmm. uh, lifestyle or your current experiences that you're having. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious about the link back and forth and just naming it for what mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I think I we think just go the, slow. That moment mm -hmm. of pulling it even if you're a lot of the things on this scale are we know they're not good mm -hmm. right no one's shocked or surprised like oh well that I thought that was normal but mm -hmm. pulling it out of the folder of oh that was just so long ago or that was way mm -hmm. back when I was a kid or that's just how life was right. or I'm fine now we're pulling it out of that and actually looking at it now and staying curious and being interested in like what impact did that really have on me yeah and on my health mm -hmm. of all things, not just mm -hmm. I can mentally push it away, but maybe it's still showing up and having its effects years later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So are you ready? So to first one. In? Yeah. Emotional abuse. Emotional mm -hmm. abuse. Um, so the way that the ACEs uh, describes this is a parent, step parent or adult living in your home, swore at you, insulted you, put you down or acted in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt. It's like intimidation. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So in the scale, if that, yeah. yeah, if any of those were some experiences that you would say, yes, that happened to me, there's a point. Mm-hmm. Um, physical abuse is described as a parent, step-parent, or adult living in your home, pushed, grabbed, slapped, threw something at you, or hit you so hard that you had marks or were injured. Mm-hmm. And so again, check if that's for you. The third is sexual abuse. An adult, relative, family, friend, or stranger who is at least five years older than you, ever touched or fondled your body in a sexual way, uh, made you touch his or her body, attempted to have any type of uh, inappropriate contact with you. Mm-hmm. Again, that would be a point. So the incarcerated household member is a household member went to prison. The, yeah. fi- the fifth, mother treated violently. Your mother or stepmother was pushed, grabbed, slapped, had something thrown at her, kicked, bitten, hit with a fist, hit with something hard, repeatedly hit, uh, or even threatened or hurt by an object of some kind um, by the father or the boyfriend or the just a partner mm-hmm. in the household. Mm-hmm. The sixth is parental separation or divorce. Your parents were ever separated uh, or divorced. That would be a point. Substance abuse in the household. A household member was a problem drinker or alcoholic or a household member used uh, street drugs and then the final mental illness a household member was depressed or mentally ill or a household member attempted suicide and so again for each of those if that was something that in the life of the patients that were surveyed for this uh, scale or uh, even you now listening to this uh, those would be counted as one point and your aces score then is each point added to itself and the sum is your ACE score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's heavy yeah. stuff. It Very is. heavy. Mm-hmm. It I is. can feel my body just mm-hmm. really like sink I down. I know. Well, and one thing that I always think about is um, just what it would have felt like to the participants to be answering these questions. Yeah. And, you know, what we just shared was actually kind of an edited version. Yes. Yeah. I left a lot of words out. A lot of words out. Those yes. are pretty intense. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, that is relevant that when somebody is being asked these questions, it's a very activating thing. And so as therapists, we're always really careful about how we go about that. And yeah. so there's a fine line here of education and wanting you guys to understand what this mm-hmm. is. Um, but also, yeah. So Again, if it was made by doctors. Yes. And so they're just looking for yes, no's on these. Yes. Not yeah, really recognizing. Very, very oh, is this overwhelming to you? Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I was just looking for information. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so when they put all of this information together and then correlated it with health outcomes, uh, there's really a pretty wide spread of yeah. uh, challenges, difficulties, illnesses, diagnoses that are heavily correlated um, with a high mm. ACEs score. Um, so I'm not going to list them all because there really is a lot. Um, but the general categories would be higher rates of injury, definitely higher rates of mental health concerns like depression, anxiety, suicide, PTSD. Um, maternal health issues, meaning uh, pregnancies that weren't planned, um, complications during pregnancy, the loss of a child um, to SIDS and things like that. All of that was correlated with a high ACEs score, uh, higher rates of infectious diseases, chronic diseases like cancer and diabetes were much higher, risky behaviors, um, both you know alcohol, drugs, risky sex, and just risk-taking behavior in general was mm-hmm. a lot higher. The other really interesting thing was a, a diminishment of life opportunity. Mm-hmm. So areas of you know education, job, uh, income status, things mm-hmm. like that 
there was a direct correlation to the higher your ACEs score, the lower your opportunities were in those areas. Um, and I, you know, I think when we look at all of those categories together, to me, it makes intuitive sense. Um, but the interesting thing was that 20 years ago when the study was done, this that was, was shocking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like now, now we get it right now we understand, but I think even sometimes for people that we talk to now, this feels a little bit illuminating, like, Oh, That's... trauma can have an impact on, uh, educational opportunities. Like how does that work? Or trauma has an mm. income on the health of my children. Mm-hmm. Why would that be the case? You yeah. know? And if you're curious, um, I just want you to go Google, mm-hmm. uh, ACEs and the correlations that they have, because these are hundreds of thousands yeah. of, oh, of scales massive done. Study. Yes, yeah. Massive. And it's ongoing. Like yeah. it's just forever ongoing. And there's yeah. so much research now coming out about the correlations, uh, within the ACEs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for the rest of our time, I'd kind of like to talk about, again, like our definition of trauma uh, that we use here at Beyond Healing, mm-hmm. and then how each of these uh, major categories uh, might show up and why, really mm-hmm. what was the impact um, that was experienced mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. So the, the definition that we use of trauma is uh, when anything in your life um, is it comes to you as too much too soon, too much for too long, or too little. For too long mm-hmm. and so as you read back on those and listen back you can just yeah start to really see and every one of those on the list as well as many 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 other life experiences fit into that definition mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. many things mm-hmm. yeah so i think without getting way too in the deep end of neuroscience mm. it's super relevant right here yes <laughs> um well so i'll start by saying this One of the downsides of our Western philosophy when it comes to science is that we did this funny thing in the origination of what we would commonly consider a Western approach to science, where we sort of split the mind and body Mm. and decided that uh, it was a little too complicated to try to consider them all at once. So we would just divide them and yeah. look at smaller pieces of the human organism. Well, and I think in that also is just our Western emphasis of thinking over feeling. Right. right. You know, Descartes, I think, therefore I am. Yeah. That is one of the pillars of Western philosophy. Yeah. And part of what happened with that philosophy, you know, both that mind-body split and then also this kind of dominance of really prioritizing the thinking is that we decided that we would really like it to be true that if I know how to think correctly, then my emotional life is going to be fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it turns out that was a really great idea. It just doesn't work because the mind and body are really linked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They talk to each other constantly. In fact, uh, the way that they communicate with each other happens behind our cognitive thinking and lightning fast in comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for very, very important reasons. It keeps us alive every day. Yeah. You know, we're very grateful for all of those background processes. But what that means is when our body goes through something that has a deep and profound emotional impact, like, you know, starting with that first category, emotional abuse, right? My my body is processing that and trying to make sense of it and our emotional self and our you know physiological self um, they don't know that they're separate Mm. 
mm-hmm. right? That is, that is a cognitive idea that we came up with to try to be able to research things more easily. Um, but those are so intertwined with each other that when we have an emotional wound, like, um, you know, a parent swearing at us, insulting us, shaming us, etc., our body doesn't know the difference between an emotional wound and a physical wound. It mm. goes into the exact same response pattern, which is self-protection and the attempt to uh, add layers upon layers of defense around that wound to try to give it a chance to heal, or if it can't do that, to at least try to prevent from being hurt there again or mm. hurt mm. in that way again. And so when we look at these events of emotional abuse, Um, and we see a profound physiological impact, like the ACEs is saying, when we look at us as a full biological organism, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. But we have to let go of this idea that, well, I know my parent didn't mean it. I know my parent loved me, and therefore it shouldn't bother me. Well, you may cognitively believe that, but your body is not on board for that at all. What it knows is that that human is unpredictable and was hurtful to you and caused you tremendous pain. And so it wants to insulate itself from that experience ever happening again. And where there is defensiveness in the body, there is inflammation. That's right. And this connection between our body's natural defense system and the inflammation response in the body is one of the underlying reasons why there is such a connection between uh, adverse childhood experiences and all of these later Mm -hmm. chronic health conditions. Because when we think about things like cancer, diabetes, heart disease, uh, weight gain, et cetera, all of that is a process that is constantly fueled by an inflammation process in our body. If you think about the last time that you, um, you know, hurt yourself badly physically, you know, I recently slipped on the ice and I still have a welt on my shin and we're now like four months later, Mm. right? (laughs) Because it was like a deep bone bruise, right? That's that inflammation response. You know, it was big and red and puffy and bruised for a really long time. And even now the bone is like, hey, I'm just going to keep an extra layer of protection right here. Is this going to be a problem going forward? Are you going to keep doing this? Because that hurt. So I'm going to add some extra bone just in case you intend on doing that again, right? And that's the inflammation response. It's beautiful. Thank you so much, leg, for healing itself and taking care of itself, even though I have this weird bump on my shin right now. It may go away someday. It may not. Um, But if we think about that same process happening emotionally psychologically and psychologically it begins to explain a lot of the things that we experience as humans and the kinds of results that we see um so the overlap between you know like the the kind of work that we do when we're talking to somebody that has significant emotional and and sexual abuse if they're a woman i'm immediately asking about things like fertility issues subfertility issues uh, hormonal imbalances because all of that is deeply connected to the inflammatory response in the body Mm -hmm. and uh we i don't think any of us have ever been surprised to find nothing in fact there's always a a really really clear uh, body expression of emotional pain it shows up somewhere absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's the reverse of that they come in with the list of the physical yeah, problems where really you ask true. them about their physical yeah. health and then from those symptoms we say oh i imagine yeah. you know mm-hmm. we, we begin to have our hypothesis of yes. what trauma is there yes. well we've talked about in previous episodes just what is the link between uh the nervous system and uh 
trauma or just experiences and how does it manifest physically and you know anything related to digestion or anything related to your skin or you know anything Mm -hmm. that you might be like yeah this is a problem that i just can't seem to get under control Mm -hmm. well that has links to your nervous system and guess where your nervous system was shaped throughout Mm -hmm. early development and that's where adverse childhood experiences Mm -hmm. really comes in because you're starting to see these are frequent experiences that you had in and throughout your childhood, yeah. which means you were then responding to and being structurally and developmentally shaped by yeah. as it unfolded. Mm-hmm. So really taking away any shame that is there in, in, in manifesting any type of behavior or any type of physical uh, reality, like a rash mm-hmm. or a, some type of digestion issue or something like that, this just points back and says, look at how your body was trying right. to handle uh, the environment that it found itself in and still move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It takes inflammation to do that. Yeah. And just, you know, a car is not meant to go all the gas pedal all the way to the floor all the time. Right. It'll break apart. Our body is mm-hmm. very similar. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to handle inflammation all the time. And that's where we start to show signs of wear and tear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I can think of all of my clients and the way that their bodies show and express their trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think that most of us, when we start to work on our trauma and really address our mental health concerns, um, that link starts to get real obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, the body starts communicating real loudly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, you're finally going to ask me about this? Well, let me tell you. Um, and sometimes that means that we get an increase of symptoms for a while. Uh, sometimes that means that we're, we become aware of things that have been happening that we've kind of been dissociating away from and choosing to not pay attention to. Mm. Um, and so the, the healing journey for a lot of people can be kind of up and down in terms of really making sense of what my body is trying to tell me. But I think one of the things that, you know, here at BHC that we really encourage people to do both therapists and clients is come to the body with curiosity. Yes. Openness and curiosity. Yes. And know that it is always communicating with you. That weird rash you have, it's probably trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> Definitely. It's trying to say something. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I, uh, a, a recent example, um, was I went like two or three months in a row where I'm like, okay, about this time, in my cycle, every single time I'm having a breakout and this has never happened before. Apparently I'm stressed, right? Like maybe it may, <laughs> maybe I should pay a little bit of attention to what's going on. And sometimes there's things that we can do just through, you know, diet and hydration and all of that that yeah. really make a difference. But just because there is something physically that we can do to help does not mean that there is not an emotional origin to it. Yeah. Um, because once again, the body and the mind don't know that they're separate. That is simply a cognitive uh, imposition mm-hmm. on our part. Um, and so we always want to consider them as talking and communicating and acting as one all the time because they are. So uh, if you've known me for any amount of time, you know that I just generally have a difficult relationship with the sun. Um, Even as he says that, he has a snarl on it. <laughs> I'm trying, and I'm going to tell you why, okay? So the sun, not just because it's too bright, which I think that's another thing. Um, but that is there such a thing, it, the sun in, being too bright? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can ask my nervous system. Um, but it increases the temperature, which my body, because of the way that I grew up and this, the, the strategy that my, my nervous system used, whenever temperature goes up, mm-hmm. I start to get really irritable in my skin and in my, my body. And as sweat continues to, to develop, especially in my feet... 
mm-hmm. I get infections. Mm-hmm. I get fungal infections. And mm-hmm. I have one really bad right now yeah. in my toe. <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about it. Oh. Doctors are just like, well, you just need to let it air out as much as you can. Oh, okay. In yeah, other words, I wear don't wear shoes. shoes. <laughs> yeah, and the thinnest socks I can find. And I wear shoes with zippers on them for a reason. <laughs> yeah, they're stylish. But... <laughs> Of course but are. also they're ventilated. My yeah. my feet are pretty cool right now, but I'm inside. If mm-hmm. I go outside and I start walking, yeah. they're gonna start getting sweat. You and should then just go barefoot in all your sessions now. Well, I, should, I guess I should just do barefoot all the time. I mean, but I'm all I feel like that's my strategy. <laughs> I do I long hair. I mean, it, it'll work. I've got long hair, and that's then I'll right. do bare feet. Uh-huh. But that to me is where really starting to just honor my body, and it's trying so hard. Right. And I get so frustrated when I can't, nothing works, like no creams, nothing, because my feet are just like, dude, I don't know what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to fight off this infection, but when you have socks on and you're walking all day, it's hot in here. <laughs> and where there's moisture, there's bacteria. So I don't know what to tell you. So so tell me, like, as you sort of come to your body with that curiosity yeah. and hopefully self-compassion. Lots of self-compassion. Lot, lots and lots of self-compassion. What would you say is the emotional communication that your feet are trying to give you? We are hot in here, which means oh. like there's so much going on. Uh-huh. There's a ton of sympathetic energy. Uh-huh. And that to me points back to my ACEs score, right. which is a six. And so for those that don't know what sympathetic energy means. We talked about mean? it on this podcast. Well, okay, but let's say it again. Yeah. Go back to earlier episodes, number one. <laughs> Just start from the beginning and keep going forward. But uh-huh. um, sympathetic energy, that's one uh, avenue of your parasympathetic, or sorry, your uh, autonomic nervous system. There's parasympathetic and the sympathetic branch. And the parasympathetic branch is in charge of either our rest and digest kind of... Uh, social connection but then also uh, it has within it our genetic potential and neurobiological potential for um, dissociation Mm -hmm. and for shutdown Mm -hmm. but then in the middle it's kind of sandwiched between those two is uh, the sympathetic activation Mm -hmm. which means mobilization go 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 Mm -hmm. and that is uh, where my system goes all the time and sympathetic energy is heat so if you guys are hearing some rumbling in the background we are in the midwest and having tremendous thunderstorms today yes and richard is now smiling delightfully yes. <laughs> and you like no the thunderstorms there's no there's sun, no sun and it's stormy and beautiful and watery and i love it uh-huh. Uh-huh. um but yeah so my system adopted sympathetic activation very very early in life and because of that, that means my heart rate is genuinely, generally a little bit elevated, uh, as is my blood pressure, and as is just the internal temperature of my body. Right. Mm-hmm. So your body does not like to get hot because it's already running hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it says, uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. Sun. You can, can keep um, your sun yeah. and give me <laughs> Give nighttime. me rain <laughs> and give me uh, cool brushes of air uh-huh. and wind and uh, a sweater. If I can regulate my temperature, I'm happy. Right, so to not make light of a really, really challenging topic, the answer is you need to become a nudist. That would solve everything. (laughs) To not make light of it? (laughs) Yeah. Or just to move to the Northwest. Oh, okay, that'll work too. No, that's not okay. (laughs) That's not okay. Okay. Well, days like this in Missouri are fantastic. That's true. Yeah. But yes, so the links from the mind and the body are profound. Mm -hmm. Um, They are everywhere and they are in each and every presentation of both. If you have something Mm -hmm. going on mentally that you're aware of, that has links to the body and vice versa. Yes. You have something bodily going on. Yeah. You're just like, what is this? Why can't I be just normal? That's one thing I've felt with my feet my entire life is why can't I just figure this out? Like I don't know anybody that has this problem this bad mm-hmm. and no doctor can help me. And mm-hmm. so 
it it does have links to my body which has links to my past and the way my brain works Mm -hmm. so and that's the case for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So coming to all of your uh, medical struggles with some curiosity and not with an absolutism that says, well, this is only because of the trauma in my past or only mm-hmm. because of my difficult experiences, but that is absolutely part of the equation and the recipe that makes us who we are. Mm-hmm. And the ACEs study was you know, the first and certainly the, the biggest at this point that has said we can no longer deny that stressful events when we're young have a direct and profound uh, impact on our um, physiological, biological, and medical health for the rest of our life, unless there is significant intervention. Mm-hmm. And uh, here at BHC, we spend a lot of time helping people kind of come into connection with themselves in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think as you're looking at treating any of this from a mental health or physical health side, Look for providers who are open to this kind of conversation. Yeah. Look for medical providers that are aware of the ACEs and the impact. Yes. Look for mental health therapists that are aware of the connection of the mind and the body. Mm-hmm. That's gonna where you're going to get your most holistic type of approach. So if you can, some of you may not have the resources to in your area of providers who do that, but seek them out as you try to figure out what is your approach to treatment physically and mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And uh, before we go, we want to invite you to uh, go to our website um, and our Patreon page, which is patreon.com backslash or normal slash i'm never sure i, I think it'll take you there either the, yeah, way probably. i don't know slash yeah <laughs> beyond trauma podcast and uh we've got several extra resources on there and you guys can uh, choose which tier of membership is going to be the best for you but we would love to connect with you that way and be able to interact with you more as part of our community here at bhc through patreon so once again that's patreon.com slash beyond trauma podcast yes thanks so much guys and if you're um able to do it right now just go ahead and leave a uh, review and a rating of the podcast that helps us so much get into uh, other people's Mm -hmm. uh, listening environments Mm -hmm. um, and to be able to take our uh, ideas and the community that we're building uh, across the globe and so please help us do that you can do it so quickly just by leaving a uh, rating and then a brief review if you can and that would be so 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 helpful thanks so much guys take care bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Trauma, a psychotherapy podcast from therapists for clients about the journey of trauma recovery. While resources like this can be helpful, they should never take the place of or be used as therapy. We encourage you to find a trauma-informed therapist in your area to be your guide in this healing journey. Take a minute to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and we would appreciate it if you could leave us a review. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at beyondtraumapodcast.com. Thanks again for tuning in.